Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road Church in Guildford, UK. Thank you for joining us on the journey, wherever you are in the world. You can find out more about who we are and what we're up to at EmmausRoad.com. It is my absolute uh, pleasure and my privilege to introduce Linz West to you. Linz uh, is the front man of the band LZ7. Uh, he, uh, uh, a number of years ago, I went and I visited uh, him uh, and Lucy up in Manchester and just spent a day with them and was just blown away by this extraordinary man, by what God has put in him. Um, he is the most incredible evangelist I've ever met in my life. His heart for young people is extraordinary. Uh, the way that God has used that and his uh, sort of this musical ability, this gift that he's got, and fused the two together to reach people that, frankly, the church has often struggled to reach is amazing. So we have like a living legend amongst us. Please join me in welcoming Linz West as he comes and speaks to us. How cool is it that you've got a, a pastor that wears Adidas NMDs uh, for, to church? I think that's pretty cool. I think Bill deserves a big round of applause as well for not only representing the young people of the younger generation, but also the cool pastors in the place. Um, my name is Lindsay. It's short for Lindsay. Uh, there's another Lindsay in the crowd, and she said I'm the first bloke that she's ever met with the same name, which is amazing. I'm impressed with that and, and happy about that. But the thing that I love about coming to somewhere like Guildford and, and to Emmaus Road is is uh, I feel like we just walked into family. And um, just what Bill said then, uh, Lucy's just written a 60,000 pound, 60,000 pound, 60,000 word book that she's just about to get published. And that's the voice exactly what you were talking about. And we just took that then and she just burst into tears because it was just amazing about our little journey with our, our little boy, Jack. He's, uh, we adopted him, 10 months old. He's mixed race. He's half Jamaican, half English. So I call him Jim English. He's got, uh, he's got red curly hair and Carmelo skin. You'll see him running around a little bit. And he's just a little West. He's a little version of, of me and Luce. And uh, it's just about that journey. And so she's had this voice inside. She sings as well, but she's had this voice where she just thought, I need to put the pen to paper and do something about it. So, Bill, thanks so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. But um, I've just come back from Iceland, if not the shop, the uh, country. Um, and I've been over in Iceland filming a music video. And I literally Googled... Where's the coolest place to go and film a music video? And everyone said, Iceland, take that, I've done it. Justin Bieber's done it. Bon Iver's done it. Someone else that Sammy mentioned I've never heard of said they've done it. And we went looking at all these amazing landscapes and waterfalls. And I took my clothes off and ran into the waterfall. And if you go on Instagram, you can go and watch that video of me and my boxers running into this waterfall. Because I just love doing things that are slightly extreme. Like I, I love stepping out of, of the comfort zone and saying, hey, do you know what? I'm going to go and get wet. I'm going to get dirty. I'm going to go and get my hands dirty and, and do something that's got a bit of ambition about it. And I know you guys have, have really been focusing on that stuff. Um, I said I'd do a little bit of a, a plug for Focus. I love Focus because inside Focus, they have a walled garden. And inside that walled garden is a bar. It's amazing. Don't judge me. Jesus' first miracle is turning water into wine. You understand what I'm saying? Hashtag just saying. But I will be at Focus and uh, we'll be doing a gig as well. Um, but the thing I love about, um, about coming back to a, to a church like you guys is, is where you, we can go all the way to New Zealand and do a schools tour and then they'll be so, uh, walk into church there and they're worshipping the same Jesus. And we walk into a church in, in Manchester where I, where I live now, Ivy, which is really close to you guys and Pete came and spoke to us and we're worshipping the same Jesus. So I walk into Emmaus Road and I feel like I'm home. 
feel like I'm part of the family. feel like we bleed the same blood. We, we talk the same talk and we walk the same walk. And if you don't know anything about that, trust me, by the end of this service, you will. Because I'm going to smash it as hard as I can. I'm going to unload the click on you guys tonight. You understand what I'm saying? No, I'm joking. I'm not really, but I'm just giving you a sense of uh, well-being before we do. Um, so, um, Pete... Uh, I, I kind of idolised Pete a little bit. Like Pete was, we went, to, we grew up in sister churches, uh, River Church and Revelation Church and Chichester and all that cutting edge stuff. And Pete would get up and he'd be like this hairy bearded man with curly hair, and he'd just speak the word like this. And there was me just trying to pull all the girls at the back at cutting edge gigs when Martin Smith was up on the stage. And and it was just, I, and as soon as he spoke, I'd sort of stand there like, oh no, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that dude. Like, he's just a legend in the faith. And he texted me this morning and he said, yo, uh, he said, go good, man. It's going to be amazing. Thanks for coming to, to church. I'm not going to be there. And I'm sat on the toilet. I went, yes. I don't have to impress him. That's amazing. He's not going to be sat on the front row judging. He won't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. But it just lifted the pressure off me. But just to honor you guys and, and what you're doing in Guildford, I've heard these statistics about 38 people in an alpha course. That's unheard of. 25% growth. In one year, that's unheard of. God's doing something amazing through Emmaus Road in Guildford. And Pete asked us to talk about um, being missionally ambitional. And that was a bit of a mouthful for me. And then he gave me this other word that I actually had to Google to work out how to say it. Because I was like, what is that? Philotimame, which is actually means ambition in the Greek. And it means to aspire for, to run after, to succeed for, to, to go after, to, to really do something that's going to be out of the box, getting your hands dirty. I heard about um, a church plant that you, you guys are doing in Woking. And I looked at it and I was like, this is incredible. Who, who am I to stand up on a stage and, and, and talk to you guys about this? I, do, um, I, do, I am an evangelist. I use music and uh, I use the mainstream presence of putting songs on MTV and chucking them into the charts to create a platform to tell as many young people about Jesus. When we go into high schools and, and we see all these young people that are on the edge of committing suicide, like... Under 25s, the biggest killer these, these days in 2017 isn't drugs and alcohol, it's youth suicide. The biggest killer of men under 40 is suicide. And I'm there just going, someone's got to get to the edge. Someone's got to go close to that and say, you know what, we need to grab you back. LZ7 and LZ5 is a landing zone in your own territory. And LZ7 is landing in the opposition's territory and stealing them back. It's stealing back the land. So every time a kid comes up and gives me his knives after self-harming in a class or gives me a suicide note, I'm like, that's an LZ7. Come on. We're stealing back the territory. Well, I just want to pass it on to you guys and say, you know, when you're going to Woking, you're stealing back the territory. You're doing exactly that. You're taking it for Jesus. But just to put it into a little bit of context, can I, can I show you a video? Is that all right? Just for a second. Just have a watch. It kind of shows you a little bit of what we do. And then uh, I'll share a story off the end of it. So that was a school tour that we did in Doncaster and we did five schools, booked out a warehouse and, um, and just turned it into some kind of rave. Did an altar call at the end and, uh, and I, had to, I sent them into another room and I said, look, if you want to put Jesus in the driving seat of your life, you want to say your, your past is done, your future's yet to come. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation, the old is gone, the new is yet to come. Come pray this prayer with me next door. 700 kids in the room, 690 responded to the gospel for the first time. I literally put my head back into the warehouse and I was like, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And I stepped and I looked and I saw 10 kids and I was like, why are you, st why are you still here? And they said, we're the youth group from the local church. 
and 690 kids. And I, I literally saw them and I was like, who's going to pick up all these stinky fish? Like we're supposed to be fish as a men, but who's going to pick this all up? So we came up with a, a discipleship resource that's online called the AAA Pass. When a kid responds to the gospel, they put it around the net because the only thing we give them, it's got the Bible on there, but it's also got spoken word, MC and all kinds of stuff that takes them on their first steps of being a Christian, to come in to know Jesus, to step out of the boat, step out of the box and say, actually, I'm a, I'm a, the decision I've made, I'm going to do something with it. Um, it links into Youth Alpha as well. And uh, we're going to partner with Youth Alpha as we've started this Illuminate Your City tour. And Illuminate is taking the, the same tour that you just saw then around the nightclubs of the UK and inviting these kids to nightclubs. We've partnered with the largest nightclub network in the country. And we're putting these gigs on in clubs. Now, where does every kid want to be on a Friday night? In a club. Well, then why don't we put on an under-18s gig that's safe, drug-free, alcohol-free, the police involved, the schools involved, street pastors involved, the church is involved. We see them could respond to Jesus. We then plant the, the church, the Youth Alpha, the AAA Pass discipleship course back into the club. So these little church plants are starting all over the country. Once it started in Stoke, Stoke-on-Trent, we had a 90% response in a nightclub two, two months ago. I literally, I'm blown sideways by what God's doing. But we've got to do it because we've got to step out of the box. We've got to be missionally ambitional. We've got to aspire to. We've got to run after. We've got to, what, what have we got to lose? What have I got to lose if I walk up to someone? In fact, the other day I was sat in a sauna. Don't know why I was sat in a sauna. <laughs> I was sat in a sauna and this old guy comes in and I, and I go in the daytime because I can because it's part of my work to stay kind of fit and stuff. And this big old guy comes in and sits down and he's like that. And then this lady next to me, she goes, it's just a fad. It's just a fad. Honestly, these fat guys, they turn up for the first couple of months of the year just because they've got a New Year's resolution. They'll be gone. And then she walks out, and I'm like, oh, that's awkward. Thanks, man. Anyway, so I'm sat with this guy, and he turns to me, and he goes, what do you give to someone that's got everything? In my head, I'm like, what have I got to lose now? Am I going to say something to him? Am I going to say, you need to know Jesus? He said, what do you give to someone? I've got a caravan. I went, a caravan? Yeah, you've got everything. I said, <laughs> he said, he said, I've got, a, I've got a villa out in Spain. I go on holidays. What, 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 what have you got to give me? And I literally sat there and I just went, say something, West. Say something. Say something to this guy. And then someone else came in and I bottled it. Why did I stop? It's all right. I went and found him. Don't worry. I found him. <laughs> I got him in a headlock and stuck him in the gym. And I was like, yo, you need to know Jesus, man. Now, nah, next time I see him every day. So I just chatted to him and I said, look, you know what I do? You know I go bouncing around and sweat my back out on stage. Well, it's to tell young people they have a hope of future and a destiny because the one thing that you need in your life that you think you've got everything is a hope of future and a destiny. When it comes to an end, you know that when Jesus died on the cross, he died so that you can have life to the fullest. John 10.10 10 says, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and life to the fullest. I always thought that verse was about me. I always thought, yeah, party time, Jesus in my heart, I get the best out of life. Actually, it's not about me. I've got that. It's about them. They will have life to the fullest. John 10.10 10, tries to come and steal, kill and destroy now, but it's about them out there. It's about that guy in your workplace. It's about that girl at school. It's about that kid that's giving you a hard time or bullying you. When you walk up to him, smile at him, give him a high five. That little bit of Jesus that comes out will speak volumes to the person that thinks they've got everything. I believe that Jesus is the answer. I believe the local church is the answer. We just want to resource church and, and, uh, and, and help you guys build church and be a resource to you. So we'd love to bring the Illuminate Tour to Guildford. We've been talking to Matt and some of the guys at Hillsong and St. Saviour's and we'd love to put that on the agenda we sat down the other day and I thought, oh, you know, we've got um, two or three cities over the next couple of, couple of months and maybe we'll have 10 in the next two years. And we sat there 
And we do the Illuminate stage at Big Church Day Out to take the church on the journey with us. And we sat there and 35 towns have signed up for the Illuminate tour. That's potential. In London, 125 schools in five boroughs have said they're like LZ7 to go in and speak to their young people about living their life on purpose, bringing the Christian message, taking it to, to young people that have nothing. In Stoke the other day, um, we were sat and I did this, this whole lesson on live your life on purpose. And uh, this kid bounces up. He's a year 10. He jumps up and he gets a key and he legs it out of the class. And I ran after him with the girl that's in the band. And he stood against the wall and he takes a key and he starts stabbing his arm. Now, I'm stood there and I'm like, is that some sort of attention seek? No, it's not. It's some kind of pain that he's feeling inside. Something so painful on the inside that he has to express it on the outside. So I stood with him in, in the canteen and I said, yo, do you know what? You know what I just said about being a Christian? You know that bit about when Jesus goes to the cross and he's, he's on the cross? Before he went to the cross, he took 39 slashes across his back so you don't have to cut. He took those cuts so that you don't have to express that pain on the outside because that God-shaped hole that you're trying to fill, that hole you're trying to fill with self-harm and, and drugs and alcohol and all this stuff, and he sat there like this. Trying. I said, that's a God-shaped hole. Only Jesus can fill that hole. Only Jesus, but we've got to be the, the vehicle that's going to take them to them. We've got to be the mouthpiece for, for those young people and those people that you see and the guys in your workplace to take Jesus out there to become missionally ambitional. It's not wrong to have ambition. It's not wrong to be, I mean, it's not really wrong to be competitive sometimes. I'm quite competitive. I quite like it. Bill's probably quite competitive as well. But it's not wrong to have ambition. It's not wrong to try and aspire. It's not wrong to, but what have we got to lose? When you see someone in school and they're bawling their eyes out, or you see someone on Facebook getting bullied, stand in the gap. Be the one that says, hey, you know what? Maybe we should, maybe we should chill on that one. Why should we chill on that one? Because I know that they've got a future and a destiny. Why have they got a hope and a future and destiny? Because I know that I, there's a God that loves us for being us. Sharing tiny little things like that. Because what have you got to lose? You've got everything to gain. We know that, that, that when it comes to an end, we have a hope. We know that when, when it all finishes, that, that we have a heaven, that we have a, a, a something to look forward to. But they don't. There's a little um, quote that I was looking at recently, a statistic, and it says this. That um, <clears throat> if both of our parents are Christians, my parents are Christians, they're sat just there. If both of our parents are Christians, we have a 66% chance of coming to know Jesus. Or even hearing the name Jesus, let alone coming into a relationship with Jesus. If one of our parents is a Christian... That goes down to a 6% chance of ever hearing Jesus. If neither of our parents are Christians, neither go to church and have turned their back on it, don't even bother, we have a 0.6% chance of ever hearing the name Jesus. But where is every kid in our country right now? Between nine and three every single day, they're sat in high school. What's the one thing we can take in there? We can take in the music, we can put on the gigs, but we can tell them, you know what? There's a Jesus that loves you for being you. There's a God that knows you. He knows every single thing about you. He's got a plan for your life. These kids, I promise you, sit there like a Damascus Road experience, like scales fall off their eyes. I haven't even got into my talk. I'm so sorry. I've flipping got so digressed by that. <laughs> Pete, actually... <laughs> Pete gave us a, uh, he gave us a verse to, to read out. If we just put it up on the screen, it's, um, it's Romans 15, 17 to 21. Excuse the bins, I'm going to have to put them on for a second. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way round to wherever that place is, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ, it's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, 
Those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. I think for us in, uh, in LZ7 and Light, we're trying to, we're really praying for these wow moments, like these expectant moments. And we, we're kind of praying for, for signs and wonders and miracles at our gigs and, and calling kids out and saying, you've got a bad ankle, I want to pray for you. And this, this one kid recently um, just called her out, her name was Eden, and, uh, and I called her out and I said, look, whatever's happened at home, whatever's split at home, there's a God that can come and mend that relationship. She came up afterwards, gave her life to Jesus and said, yeah, my mum and dad had split up and how did you know that? And it's just those little opportunities to be able to speak into the, to those young people's lives. Eden was in a class with some year, year 10s and um, we're sat there with 120 year 10s and it's an EBD school, so emotional behaviour disorders and they're, they're, they're on the last rungs, they're going to get kicked out of school and they're all sat there and they're just glum like this. My whole aim in a lesson is to change someone's body language, to change it from, to like, Way! you know, up on a chair dancing or whatever because I think they're more receptive to it when they get dancing and stuff. Eden sat there, and I could see her sat there, and I said this. I said, she, she asked a question in the class. She said, yo, where do you get your confidence from? Where does that come from? And I said, well, you know, we talked about being a Christian. And I explained it like this. I say, we're, we're not a Christian band. We're Christians in a band, a little bit like Mumford and Son. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a faith to us, but we're not going to get my big Bible out and shove it in your mouth and go, you've got to believe. But we're just going to share a little bit about what we stand for. I said, confidence is two words, con and fidence, with faith. I step up here and I stand in front of you year 10s and beforehand I'm papping it because I know you guys are thinking, what's Chef Ramsay's little brother doing in here trying to spit bars at me? What's that? <laughs> I get the same reaction there. And I said, but it's with confidence. In fact, sack it. Who's, who's ever heard of the story of David and Goliath? Blank. I know you have. I'm talking about the year 10s. <laughs> they went blank. And I'm looking at him and I said, yo, you know, the little guy that beat the big guy, the, the little guy that, that got the sling and smacked him in the forehead with a stone, you know, that guy. And blank. I said, yo, do me a favour. This is in South London, in, in Lewisham and Bromley. I said, put your hand up if you've ever heard the story of David and Goliath. Not one hand went up. So I'm sat there, and I turned round, and I looked at Lewis. Lewis is from Guildford, by the way, my DJ. And I turned around, and he goes, you better start telling it. And I was like, yo, there's this little guy, right? And he's, he turns up, and he's, he's a cheese deliverer. Can you imagine being someone that delivers cheese? Like, what kind of a job is that? If there's any cheese deliverers in here, I'm sorry. But... Imagine what kind of job that is, and all your brothers are fighting, and he turns up and he says to, to the king, he says, I want to fight, I want to I go out there and fight, I can take this guy, I beat up lions and tigers and bears, and, and he puts his suit on, a suit of armor, and he falls over, but he says, I've, with faith, I've got confidence that God is with me, that I'll be able to beat this guy. So he goes down by the stream, and he picks up these five stones. I've always wondered why David picked up five stones, and I said this to the kids. I said, that he picked up five stones because Goliath had four brothers. Because once you beat one giant in your life, you guarantee around the corner there's another giant. These kids, their mouths hit the floor. They're like, yo, bruv, this is sick, yo. This is such a dope story. Tell me another one. I said he got it and he spun it. And he hit the giant straight in the forehead. He went up and he cut the giant's head off. Just to tell the rest of the world we've won. These kids were like, tell us another one. I turned around and I was like, we're going to have to start spitting bars like Noah, Father Abraham, all that kind of stuff. But these kids just don't know. We have this kind of like slight idea, I do, in the back of my mind, that, that they've got some kind of foundation about Jesus. People do not know out there about Jesus. People just have this kind of deluded idea that we're going to walk into a church. I mean, I was talking about church the other day, and they said, um, it was a, I had to go back and do a speech for a year 13s, uh, their graduation day. And this teacher knows me, walks up, and he starts talking to me, same age as me. And he sits down, and the girls are looking at him like, how do you two know each other? And the teacher said, is this like brought you up and me up in my expectations or brought Lynn's down? He said, brought you right up. So how do you know each other? And I went, church. 
They said, what? And it's like, it doesn't compute. What? What? Church? No, no, church. I'm like, yeah, church. We got the same church at Parswood Cinema. It's a bit like this. It's like, it's got to be amphitheater, big screen. Band gets up, starts playing. I said, it's, it's church. And they're like, what? Well, no, 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 no. Hang on. You just could, did not compute. This was a Catholic school. And I'm sat and I'm like, someone's got to tell these young people. Someone's got to tell your community. Someone's got to go out into Guildford and share it. Someone's got to be sat in the sauna and saying to that, young, that guy that says, I've got everything. And trust me, when you come to Guildford, you realise a lot of people do have everything. I've never seen so many SUVs in my life driving through this place. When you see people that are saying, I don't need God, what happens when it comes to the end? I don't need God, what happens in your relationships with your wife? I don't need God, but what about that addiction that you've got in your life that's really tearing you apart? You see, as soon as you scratch the surface, you have got absolutely nothing to lose. When you preach Christ, when you talk about Jesus and you stand up in front of these people and say, I'm going to be part of the change instead of part of the problem. I'm going to do something about this. People listen. There's an in-season word and an out-season word, though, isn't there? Sometimes we can step up. Like, I didn't feel like I should say it to that guy in the sauna at the time, and I kind of bottled it, but then I had an opportunity to spend 15 minutes with him a little bit later on, and I realised, actually, there was an in-season word. And this one time, I stood up at a school gig in uh, Sheffield, and I'm just going to show you this quick video that, uh, that I shared, a, a, fa- a kind of fundraiser thing we did recently. And it's a true story about a girl that, that got impacted, and it's just those simple words because what have you got to lose? My name is Lauren. I'm 21 years old. I love life now, but this hasn't always been the case. I grew up on a council estate in Sheffield called Arbathorn. Home life was pretty crazy growing up. My mum battled with mental health issues from even before she had children. She would regularly say she was going to kill herself. She would sleep all day and have no motivation to do anything. My dad worked and was very wrapped up in it. When he got home from work, my mum and dad always argued and was always fighting in the house. We saw a lot of things happen to our mum that no child should have to see. Plates smashed on her back just because mum would complain about something. My dad upped and left when I was seven. I was actually quite relieved about this thinking that things would get better, but if anything, they got worse. By now, my mum's mental health was the worst it's ever been. She was constantly trying to overdose and kill herself, as she couldn't take life anymore. I was now 11. I had to take on looking after everything that mum couldn't. The cooking, cleaning, everything in the house. I didn't sleep at night because I was constantly checking if she was still alive. The pain was real and too much for me to handle. So I started self-harming. It was a release for me, a place where I felt safe and no one knew about it. I'm 14 now. My mum's mental health is getting worse. So bad that she was sectioned into hospital for a time and I went to live in foster care. I felt so broken, so hopeless, so unloved. And I couldn't take life anymore It had driven me to the edge and the pain was too much. So I thought of a way out, a way to end it. I took myself to this bridge, leaning over and looking out, because I thought this was the only way out for me, the only thing that could take away the pain. I stalled, pondered, and then I went for it, I jumped. As I did, something hit me like a tidal wave. A massive gust of wind was literally holding me back on the bridge. 
I physically couldn't jump. I had no idea what was going on and I couldn't explain it, so I just took myself back home, confused. This was on a Thursday. I did go to a youth group every Friday. These guys were kind to me and they knew things weren't good at home. They knew my mum was unwell but didn't know about my self-harm or suicide attempt. The day after I took myself to the bridge, they took me to the O2 Academy. They never told me it was a Christian gig, otherwise I wouldn't have gone, because I hated God. I was dancing alone and enjoying the music. When Lynn started to speak, at the end of one of his songs, he said these words. There's someone here today that tried to commit suicide yesterday. But I'm here today to tell you that God's got a plan for your life. Never give up. I was so shocked, so confused, and at the same time, this wave of something I never felt before hit my chest. I felt hope. Something snapped inside, and after that gig, I never self-harmed again. Something started to break in me. I didn't become a Christian there and then, because I needed time to think about it. But two weeks later, I decided I wanted to follow God properly. He totally changed my life in that one moment through Lynn's. I'm now 21 years old. Life is completely transformed. I'm living in Manchester, working at Sainsbury's part-time and mentoring girls who are struggling with self-harm and suicide and all the issues I used to struggle with. But I'm just one story of millions though. Lynn's, Elsa Zevin and Light are seeing this wherever they go, in schools and at gigs all across the world. Young people like me are saying no to self-harm, no to suicide and yes to Jesus. When Lynn's told me I had a hope and God showed me I had a purpose and a plan, my whole life changed. My name is Lauren. Um, Lauren, she goes to Ivy, the church that I go to, um, and uh, she's an amazing girl. Just let me get a drink quick. She's an amazing girl. Um, but I'm talking to, to millions of young people like Lauren. But it's not just about me. It's about, it's about us as a church, what we're doing as a church to, to really impact our communities, to impact our town. You see, if you look around here right now in this room, the choices, that this is the truth, the choices you make now, of what the future looks like in 20 years' time. The choices we make today to live our life on purpose, to live missional, to live with ambition, completely affects the choices, that the, the, the future of, of this community, of your city, of your town. You see, if, if the truth is known, and uh, the truth is inside, we're, we're a little bit scared. And the truth is, there's, there's this adrenaline rush that says, I can't step out and I can't, I can't do that. But it takes one choice to step over that and say, you know what, my past is my history, my future is my destiny. My past is not going to hold me back from what's taking me into the future. My past of being scared about speaking about my faith, about being uh, uh, missional or, or, nah, that's not for me. I'm not the guy that speaks like that. That kind of stuff, we can say my past is done and my future is yet to come. God, use me. So just in this place, maybe there's people in here that you, you felt a little bit like Lauren. Or maybe you've gone through some of the stuff that Lauren went through. And maybe this is your turn to stand and say, you know what? I'm making a stand today to say I'm going to be ambitional with this mission. I'm going to stand up and be counted. I'm going to live like I mean it on purpose. I'm going to go for the lost. I'm going to share that little word. Just like Lauren turned her life around to become part of the change instead of part of the problem 
Maybe it's our turn today, church, to stand together and say, yeah, I want to be part of change. Yeah, I want to see Woking Church grow. Yes, I want to see more people in Alpha. Yes, I want to see uh, Jesus preached uh, around this city, around this nation. Yes, I want to live like I mean it because Jesus is the answer and there's the only one way. I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one gets the Father except through him. It's not through our words or through what we do on the music, but it's only through him. So in the Bible, Jesus goes up to the disciples and he's bold and he says, come, follow me. He says, come to me, come follow me, put down your nets and follow me. Maybe that's a decision for us today to say, actually, do you know what, Jesus, I'm sold out for you. You might still do, do your jobs and still do, make your money and do what you need to do, but inside, I, I'm, I'm sold out for you, I'm following you, I'm going to make the most of those opportunities. You see, come to me is a bit like a Sunday, it's a bit like the halftime show. It's a bit like we get regenerated, we get focused, we get the goals put back in our lives and we say, you know what, I'm going to live this week like I mean it. Because the second half of, of what Jesus says is now go, make disciples of all nations. Come to me, get filled up, get set, now go. So maybe, just maybe, there's some people in here today that you're thinking, I need to be that guy. I need to be that girl. I need to be part of change instead of part of the problem. So all I'm going to do, just as, maybe come up and play for a second, bring the Holy Spirit chords in. Maybe just in this, in this quiet moment, I'm going, to, I'm going to count to three. And this, if this is you, if this is, yes, this is my line in the sand moment where I'll say, yeah, my past is done, my future's yet to come. I'm going to stand up and be a part of change. I'm going to stand up and make the most of those opportunities because what have I got to lose? Then stand up. If it's not, great, don't worry. You don't need to stand yet. I can see you're eager. She's neat. She's like, yeah, I want to stand up. But together, when there's unity, there's a blessing. Tonight, with St. Saviour's, when there's unity, Ignite will be blessed. Because we're working together, we're standing up and being part of the change. So let's try it and then we'll sing. One, two, three. Amazing. Just look around, look at the people you're still with, look at your community, look at... When one person stands up and says, I'm going to be part of change, the tipping point, the tidal wave, the effect that they can have, we can now hold each other accountable to that. We can share stuff with each other and say, hey, how did you get on with that? How did you get on with Alpha this week? How did you get on with that person? How did, how did you get on with sharing your faith there? Or, oh, was that difficult? Yeah, I'd find that really difficult. So just as we sing this song, let's, uh, let's seal the deal in our hearts that we're making a line in the sand moment, that we are part of change. We are going to be preaching Christ and taking Jesus out there. Like fire, Jesus. <laughs>